0: Hey, this is the DM Discourse, a podcast about D&D focused on the experience at the table from behind the screen. I'm your host, Daryl, and today I'll be talking about your first session and introducing your players to both their characters and your world. What follows is the recovered writings of Captain Gunter of the Sea Wyvern, the wreck discovered some time later drifting across the jagged sea. The ship had not reached its destination, and had been reported missing. Given the proximity of the settlement from Fort Eclipse, I put it upon myself to investigate. I hardly wish to take on passengers, let alone adventurers. I've never been fond of them. They're beacons for trouble, and these three seem to be no different. However, when a favor is called in by Kingpin Two Coins Crews, you do not decline. Out of courtesy, I've invited them to dinner in my cabin, even breaking out the best reds of my selection. I think it may have been a waste on these fools. How long until we reach our destination, Gunter? The small batfolk, or Vessrin, as they are called in the northern continent, asks me. He wears a large eye upon his priestly tabard. About two days now, we should be docking at a town called Soothwater, one of the few places that hasn't been attacked by elves in recent memory. From there, it'd be a few days into the swamp of the Drifting Isles to reach your destination, a Fen's Keep. I asked them to put a good word in for me with Cruz and his contact after all this, to which the priest replied by taking his food and silently retreating below deck to the Cruz room that the trio had taken over. The tiefling sorcerer and dwarven monk seemed likewise unfriendly, the first whimsical and the other drunk since he came aboard. My hopes to curry favor with them as proxy proved just as fruitless, or in the slurred words of the dwarf Pedwar, I oversell myself and make promises I can't keep. Paragons of their kind. They seem unwilling to divulge information about the package they are delivering for crews, but that's to be expected of them. Secretive, compulsive, a sense of morality placing them above those of us who must make honest livings. I'll have a few of the crews see what they can pry. The driftwood remains of the sea wyvern add little else to the story. Coral weaponry gives evidence of a sea elf attack, but it's unheard of them to drag entire vessels below the water, let alone sabotage. They delight in torture and scavenge little besides rations and other things useful to their depth-bound kind. As for this package the journal mentions, I shall make way to Fen's Keep myself and gather what information I can. Lead Obfuscator, Laney Sesu. Although written from the perspective of an antagonist the players would later encounter, this encapsulates everything my players threw back at me from the word go. You may be thinking about how you can start your game off, whether on the road, or in the middle of a dungeon, or as a classic throwback in your typical country tavern. All these are great options, but you may be surprised when the players respond back by simply, like my cleric friend did, taking their plate back to their room and waiting to arrive at their destination. It can catch you off guard. And I've had it happen to me multiple times. My last campaign had the group play as a bunch of recruits for an organization, and likewise didn't go out of their way to engage with anybody at the inn they were staying at. And that's perfectly fine. What you can do with the start of your campaign is highlight some of the unique characteristics of your setting to give players a taste of what they're getting into. Everyone, even you as the DM, likely come to the table with a set of expectations about the game. There's dungeons, dragons, gods, giants, etc. And whether from books or movies or anything else, you have an idea of what it means when you hear the word elf. So when the peaceful boat ride turned into an ambush by a bunch of sea elf raiders, which is their typical role in my world, this immediately started grounding the players in the adventure. You don't need to tell them where the adventure is or who the interesting characters are to interact with, or even all of the unique points for them to visit in your setting. You just bring it to them. That particular session ended with the group blocking the lower deck from the Sea Elf Scion seeking the package they were delivering to Fenskeep, a fort town deep in the Drifting Isles, which is kind of a widespread bayou that people navigate by boat rather than foot travel. Fortune favored them, and the attack attracted the attention of some ancient force that ended up toppling the boat, and the heroes escaped out the side of the ship and wrenched a lifeboat to take them across the rest of the way to shore. Arguably, were it not for that bit of misfortune, my players would have happily waited in their cabin until they reached their destination. But of course, Trouble always seems to find adventurers, whether they seek it out themselves, or as was this case, Trouble came looking for them. So from our takeaways this time, whether your campaign is starting with them traveling to some destination right in the middle of a combat encounter, or even as they're relaxing at an inn, is just an opportunity for a memorable encounter to blossom. If you have a particular idea that you think would be neat for a setting, plop it right here. For whatever reason, I'm big on aquatic themes, so I swapped out Dark Elves with Sea Elves as the typical evil elf race in my setting, and had them ruin the party's otherwise eventless voyage. Between an encounter with a few deformed lackeys of the CLs and the ship toppling over, it also gave me a chance to tutorialize to them how the game works. You take a d20, add whatever number is relevant to the test, and see what happens. It also gave them a chance to flex their creative muscles to see what kinds of solutions they could come up with. Rather than going top deck to fight the rest of the raiding party, they barricaded themselves in while trying to come up with even further solutions to their dilemma. When the Sea Beast came around and ended up toppling the boat over, the Batfolk ended up carrying one of the other players to the other side of the open ship so that they could escape out the window. It's great. It gives them that organic experience from playing at the table that at a more linear, structured It gives them the narrative capability to add something unique that you didn't expect, which is one of the best parts about playing D&D as well, especially as a dungeon master. I think it's a lot of fun when you have players giving you solutions that you didn't expect. To go back even further to a previous campaign, the group had met their commanding officer and had given them basic information about this organization that they were joining. And in the tavern, I detailed a couple individuals, eventually had A couple as well come over and talk to them, make notes about who they were, and it didn't really click for any of the players to necessarily interact with them, and that's, like I said, fine as well. When you do start in a tavern or any particular locale that you think would be interesting to begin the adventure, it gives you a chance to drop in all the things that are going to be related to your campaign. For example, if you have perhaps there is some disease that is infecting Dwarven minds. Hence, they have had their doors closed for some time. And no one really knows about the disease. They just know that, oh, that we haven't seen any of the Dwarven caravans coming around. That could plant a seed in their minds, or even something you can build upon later. And then when it rounds about in the campaign later on, you look like a genius. Or better yet, the players point it out, and it's something that comes up organically that you hadn't planned for, but ended up becoming a central fulcrum for your campaign. I don't think there's even anything against starting right in the middle of a combat encounter. I haven't done this myself. I've had campaigns that quickly go into a first combat encounter, but if you just sit at the table and you have them roll the die as the first thing they do for initiative, you're already going strong. You can put them right into the middle of the encounter against some great foe or bandits. That itself carves a story all its own, giving them an immediacy and a situation for them to respond to, teaching them both their character as well as the game. And throughout all of these different types of scenarios you can give them, it's up to you to show how much or how little of the uniqueness of your world or foreshadowing the storyline. It's all up to you how much you want to give the players to go off of. Maybe you do have a more structured storyline in mind for the time being, or you have a bunch of little plot points that you want to see which ones click for them, which ones they want to explore. Over time, as a dungeon master, you're going to be reading your players and picking up on the things that they like or dislike. Eventually, my friends did catch on that I run a very narrative-heavy campaign, as did I. I think this is the first time I even realized how much I just like talking and pretending to be different people at the same time. Um, so they, in turn, have become more narrative-driven players. They've to, learn to read my language that I'm giving them and signals for them to be giving me input about the types of things that they're interested in. And that's just something you're going to cultivate as you make your own culture at your gaming table. It's going to be unique for everyone, and you'll see that as you play at your table, as you play at others' tables, um, and even as you play with other people who have been in the hobby for shorter or longer. There's going to be a different way that they approach the game. And this first session is a great way for you to talk about the things that interest you just as much as it is for them to show what interests them. Your players and you will have expectations about the game, and that first session is a great way to set up how and what you expect to run, and likewise what they expect to play. There's a lot of teaching you can cram into the first session, so think of an adventure that can maximize what you want to get out of it. Even if you're running a module rather than homebrew, there's still plenty of room for you to add your own style, and I'm sure you've thought of that on your own just from reading the module itself. Alright, I think that's all I got for this week. Uh, A lot of me vaguely rambling about how first sessions can go. It can be a bit awkward at first when everyone is trying to break the ice, uh, which actually could be an interesting adventure when literally adapted. I'm going to write that one down. Uh, But once you get wind in those sails, it'll get going. Thanks so much for listening. Feel free to leave feedback on whatever platform it is that you're listening or getting your podcast from. If you want to get a hold of me for feedback or comments uh, or whatever else, my email is dmdiscoursepodcast at gmail.com. My Twitter is at dmdiscourse. Take care and have a great week.